your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What's going on, everybody? We are here for episode 30, common classic mix-up here. I am with my co-host, Deaver. Did you just switch it up? I totally switched Did it up. Did you switch it up? I totally switched it up. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, Bush. What's up, Deves? Nothing much, man. Just chilling down here in sunny South Florida. Next to me is my producer, Jimbo. It's actually uh, raining outside. It's not sunny at all. You're not supposed to tell him that. Oh. You're supposed to act like this place is a paradise, like, uh, like a utopia. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, boys? Well, <laughs> you know what, boys? You have your paradise down south. My paradise right now is at 3601 South Broad Street in Philadelphia. I'm coming in with an absolute tomahawk Peter. missile on Jeez. you guys right now with our Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm in So, it. boys, the, the, the team is hot right now, and there's a couple takes that I want to have. Um, however, Adibs, I think nobody better or and Jimbo than to discuss the current state of the Broad Street Bullies than you two. Yeah, and I think to preface, dude, we talk about the Flyers a good amount, and we talk about, you know, all sports, but Philly sports heavy. Um, we're not kidding when we say this. Like, it's not an exaggeration. It's not, for the first time in a long time, it's not an exaggeration. It's not it's just talking them up. Like, this team is legit. They're third in the Metro right now. They're picking up steam out of the All-Star break. They're getting hot again, um, and they just click. So fire away, man, because I, I Jim and I have loads to talk about. Right. So the first thing I want to get to is obviously, hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Uh, 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 uh. Hi, Kevin. I'm your biggest fan. Is Kevin Hayes, dude. I, I want to get to him and talk about how big of a hit that everyone thought that was going to be, like money-wise, when he first came to the team. Everyone's like, dude, way too much money. Way yeah. too much money. Yeah. They signed him for seven years, seven million a year, uh, just about right. Um, after trading for his rights from the New York Jets. And a lot of people immediately were... Winnipeg? The New York Jets, geez. Winnipeg Jets. He was a New York Ranger. Um, and a lot of people were, uh, you know, upset with that much term, that much money on a player that really hasn't proven himself. And I've always followed him from the uh, the Boston connection, the Spit and Chicklets connection. And I knew he was a good guy. I knew that the money possibly was a little much. But I didn't complain. I didn't complain. And he's really proven people wrong. The stat that's insane is that the Flyers are 17-0-1 when Kevin Hayes scores a goal. 17-0-1 when that man puts the puck in the back of the net. That's insane. That doesn't prove it. His line was one of the best lines in hockey before they lost Oscar Lindblom. Oscar, it was Oscar... Kevin Hayes and Konechny, and now just uh, last night, Scott Lawton moves up in the lineup and is a part of that line, and they kind of haven't lost a step. Yeah, and see, that gets tacked right into one of my famous lines that I've probably said in at least 10 of these podcasts is that next man up mentality, the Flyers have that right now. And, you know, one thing I want to get into is with our veterans and these, and these you know, names that we have. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say Giroux and Hayes are the two most underrated Philadelphia sports players right now. Oh, a thousand percent. A, th- a thousand percent. I mean, Claude Giroux has been one of the most underrated 
athletes in the National Hockey League for a long time. And maybe not, Jim and I were talking, you and I talked about this the other day? Yeah. Possibly not underrated, but what was the word you used? Underappreciated? Underappreciated or just not not talked about enough. You know, like nobody ever says he's not a good player. He just isn't in the limelight enough, right? I mean, they showed him a couple nights ago. He had a feed. Uh, he had an assist off of his off of his mm-hmm. knees, like extending the play, dangling from from his shin pads to the most assists on the power play in Flyers history. Flyers history. Past the didn't see it past Flyers Twitter. Like the NHL, I didn't even know recognized it. Yeah, so like, yeah, huge milestone. And and then Kevin Hayes, right? He's the new guy. It's kind of tough to be the new guy and come in as the face of a franchise in a city, but like he is, he mm-hmm. is. And I think he fits just perfectly into the mold. Like you've seen him doing pizza reviews on the street of Philly with Portnoy. Like he's, I'm he's sure he's been to Eagles or Sixers games. Like I feel like the kind of guy he is, he just fits into that mold. Then the locker room one, and then in the city in general too. Love that. Absolutely love that, dude. Why can't this team make a run? It just seems like everything's falling into place. And you know, I was texting you guys earlier. To me, this team is the 2017. L2 Super Bowl 52 winning Eagles team, dude. That That is what this Flyers team is. I made a couple comparisons earlier. Disagree with me if you'd like, but I said Jay Ajayi. When the Eagles picked him up, they were like, oh, like, why are we spending money on this guy with an ACL tear? Like, he's not going to be that good. Turns out he runs in, you know, catches multiple balls and, and wins a Super Bowl for us. Um, that's Kevin Hayes right now, man. Um, the new, young, experienced head coach, uh, Doug Peterson, was a coordinator at the Chiefs. He went to, I believe, a couple AFC championship games and many playoff games, had the experience came to the Eagles and led the guys to a uh, to a Super Bowl victory. Um, and then, dude, you go you go pound for pound when you look at this team, the young guys, Konechny's, um, and the Provorovs, and, and like that's the kind of talent that the Eagles have. The um, Dallas Goddards, the Corey Clements, the Carson Wentz, um, you know, all of it. Just You just go down the line, you just see the comparisons. I think the, the comparison to the, the Eagles Super Bowl team was, was huge. One that I didn't think of, and not only, you know, you bring up player to player, coach to coach, kind of personnel comparisons – but I take a look at it more holistically at like the mindset of this team, at the mindset and kind of what they have together, right? Like they're a team that like is they have each other's backs. They go out there and compete every night. They have an underdog kind of fu mentality in terms of you know their physicality. Like they're a bunch of bad boys, right? Like yeah, they, that I feel can, like they're just that, having fun, plain and simple. They're having fun, they're and having taking, fun. taking shit from no one. Um, which I think is is what the Eagles did at yep. the end, especially when you know when Foles came in at the end of that season, they kept it simple. Yeah, I just picture Malcolm Jenkins just dancing in the locker rooms after games, just having fun. Exactly, and that's, and what, and the that's what this crew's doing. doing. Just, just the whole entire unit is just gelled tremendously under the new coaching staff, and uh, it's great to see. And I'm I'm really happy that they didn't um, sell themselves uh, to the future. And at the trade deadline, they made some depth moves um for not giving up a lot and uh, i think that's that was the 100 percent correct thing to do don't sell the future and who knows what can happen look, yeah look at 2010 you know get hot at the end yeah we'll get into the trade deadline in, in a minute but beforehand uh that was that was this weekend uh but leading up or was two days ago and leading up to it jim and i were talking like what do the flyers do here they people talk about in all sports are you buyers or sellers at the deadline if you're a buyer that means you're looking to trade for some assets to make you you know more of a competitive piece to make a playoff push if you're sellers your season's kind of over um or you're looking to reload again for next year or years down the road and we weren't really sure where we where we were and i don't think the flyers were sure either right and it kind of showed them what they did with just adding some depth assets 
Um, they could have went out and tried to make a splash, moving a current NHL player. You know, it's always tough to move a current guy for another current guy. Um, but what they did was they sent a couple picks away and got two depth centers um, in hopes for a playoff run. Again, nothing splashy, nothing that's going to break the bank, which is great. Um, because, honestly, when Jim and I looked at who the Flyers should try to trade for during the deadline, it was like, I don't know what piece they need. Yeah, This team's if – if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And that's what this team reads to me right now. They have a good, uh, you know, they have a, the stud young goaltender, but they also have a backup goaltender who can come in at this point and, and make a run for you, right? Carter Hart's been out already this season, and Elliott's been able to carry the weight. Don't need to trade for a goalie, a backup goalie. Defensemen, one through six, for the first time, I feel like we have a very strong one through six defenseman, whether it's the new additions in Niskanen and Justin Braun or the young guys, Myers and Sandheim. Um, not to mention Provorov and Gossespierre, who's had his, his struggles. But if he's the squeaky wheel in the entire defensive core, don't need a D guy. You go to the forwards. We've had some injuries with Nolan Patrick and, and Patrick Lindblom, or sorry, uh, Oscar Lindblom. But really, one through three, one through four lines, there's a guy that can roll any single night, whether it's Pitlick on the fourth line, which was a, a decent offseason addition, or end of, se- end of last season, or offseason addition. Offseason, I believe. Offseason addition. Deeds, quick question. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt. No, uh, I was not basically. Yeah, I should kind of go through the lineup. Like, yeah. we, don't, we didn't need to make a move at the deadline. We made the right. right moves. Totally, and obviously, one of the biggest questions about this Flyers team, in I feel like for the last few years now, has been our veteran leadership and are these veterans the kind of guys that are able to carry somebody through? Do you think that it's more the coaching staff at this point or the veteran leadership that's getting him to these you know long stretches of success? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. I think, um, which I hate that answer, it depends, but like, I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, the core leadership that we've had here has been here for a good amount, right? Uh, Drew, Voracek, um, and Couturier have been here for a good amount of time. Um, I think they have the right people under them to lead, you know? It's kind of hard to lead everyone, especially when some of those players were, I guess, older or had different experiences than, than Drew. Like, how does Claude Drew lead a team with... Um, you know, it's it's just more difficult leading a team with Vanilla Cavier, or or they had struggles back in the day when Pronger was on the team, or teaming in like older guys, and now it's Drew's stepping to the fold of that older, wiser type player. But he's a different leader, right? He's more quiet. He's not in. I don't think he, this is just from reading, but you know, he's quieter. He's not in your face, um, but he's lighthearted, and I think that's the leader that Konechny needs to flourish, or Provrov needs to flourish. Um, you know, just kind of having fun going to the rink every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second fold, the coaching leadership, um, I think I think they did, a, they did a great job. The one thing that scared me when they hired all these head coaches, I'm uh, sorry, head coach Elaine Vignon and the two assistants who previously were head coaches scared me because three guys behind the bench with head coaching experience, I was worried about too many, co- too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's what I was worried about. They wouldn't be able to gel as having their own systems and ownership of benches before. I think it's worked out to their advantage by having certain coaches being able to key in on certain position groups, whether it be special teams or offense or defense, and Alain Vigneault kind of, kind of being the guy at the helm. And again, he his leadership, you see him during press conferences, right? He's he's lighthearted. He's having fun with the guys. He's talking about having what? What does he drink? Does he drink martinis, martinis after, after wins or when they go on breaks? He's joking. He's saying, uh, you know, um, going through tough times with with, um, with Oscar, right? He he's still ma- having the team laugh and kind of smile around that situation. Like 
he he's a better leader, I think, for that group too. Where Hackstall, you saw very serious, very concerned, very almost mouse-like when in some of his comments. And Elaine's a personality. Where this team's a bunch of personalities. Yes, dude. They're just they're just gelling. Yes, uh, everything you just said is is like prime time. Yeah, it, how good is it when you know you have a coach like I'm just gonna bring it back to football a little bit and know a little bit more about that. Um, but when you have a coach like Doug Peterson who's chippy when he's in his interviews, snarks back a little bit, says some funny stuff, and then you got guys, you know, big names, JHIs and those kinds of guys who are going crazy, um, and you know, uh, who like Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar at that time they were so you know good and, and they were all happy. They're all jerk or you know not jerking each other off. They're all, <laughs> they're all you know jerking around on the on the field and stuff, having a good time. It did it. It's, it's so fun to see a coach with a big personality coaching guys with big personalities for sure. Yeah, yeah. It seems it's a it's like a room you want to be in. Like it, it's a bunch of guys you want to hang out with, which I think you know is similar to any of our any of our type of crews. Like they're just they're just good hockey guys. Like if anybody listens to Spit and Chicklets, which I talk about a lot, it's a hockey podcast that Barcelona puts out. I listen to, and they always talk about good hockey guys. Like I feel like our locker room A to Z is just good. It's just good hockey guys. Like just good people in general. Mm-hmm people you want to be around in on and off the ice. And um, I think that's helping them out a ton. So obviously I'm going to stick with my comparison thing here. And I'm going to ask you a question um, about a couple players and who you think they most likely resemble um, from previous flyers in the past. Uh, so just curious of your opinion and thought on connecting potentially being the next Bobby Clark of the flyers. Wow. I mean, you're talking about, one of the top, I mean, the, the best, arguably flyer, the best, flyer arguably the best flyer of all time. Um, on track. Is he, is, I mean, can he do it? Does he have the, the, the name? I, I don't know. I, I say no, just because he's not a center. He's not a, you know, he's not a center. He, he, he I don't know if he can even be a, I don't know if he's that kind of a, a leader or a playmaker. I think he's a skilled position player in his own right, but I don't know if he's that facilitator like Clark I've never seen him play, but I just picture him more of a uh, an offensive quarterback where Connecty is the guy who flies down the wing, makes a fancy move, and either dishes it or puts it in himself. You know what I felt like we were robbed of this year, boys, was the LeClaire-Lindros of our time, Nolan Patrick-Travis Connecty combination out there on, on the ice, man. Yeah, I mean, it, who's to say what it would be would have been different? You know, it might have been different, right? Um, Nolan Patrick's been sidelined much of this season with um, migraines um, that have been off and on. He's been on the ice uh, recently a good amount. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, he was kind of off and on last season. Um, hopefully this time away has kind of had him reset and get the X's and O's right. Um, but, yeah, they were they were a wrecking crew. They were the Bash brothers. Um, him centering Konechny's line. Um, it wouldn't have given us Hayes and Konechny, though. So kind of you know, lucky it happened, and we're fortunate enough to have Nolan in the wings on his way back. Yeah, that's actually a good call. You know, it's it's kind of like we talked about um, earlier. Y- you just never know what's going to happen if certain things don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's, uh, that's crazy. Everything's happening just how it's supposed to happen. Like everything's right. happening for a reason. Like Patrick gets sidelines. That's fine. It gets connecting up in the lineup or him playing with Hayes. And all of a sudden there's this connection that like we didn't know we had on this team. Right. Exactly. So, uh, the, the playoff picture here, if, uh, if the boys got in right now, who we, who we playing, um, what's the outlook and give me your mock for the, uh, Stanley cup final four here. 
So right now we're third in the Metro division. Dude, the Metro is stacked. The, the whole East is actually stacked. I mean, it, it, for one of the first times in a long time, the the Stanley Cup is fully up for grabs. I mean, we've seen favorites in, in the past 10 years of dynasties like the Blackhawks, um, the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Penguins. Um, but honestly, anyone has a shot uh, at this one. The Lightning, even last year, they're President's Cup trophy winners. That means the mo- most points in the entire league. They get swept the first round. So it's another year like that where um, there's some potential for um, for an opening for the Flyers. So currently, um, it looks like we would be matched up against our buddies in the, uh, in the Keystone State, our rivals, the Penguins. Really? Yeah. So I think I think now, do you want to roll into some of the trade deadline stuff and kind of winners and losers of the trade deadline? Because a lot of stuff's happened in this past couple of weeks, and you're kind of seeing where teams are shaping up for that playoff push. Um, again, the Flyers kind of stayed static. Yeah. They didn't really make any moves positive or negative. Some teams loaded up, like the Penguins, and they made a couple moves here um, in the past couple of days, weeks, to gear up for uh, a push. And I don't say that they scare me, but they're enough for alarm so the penguins uh their moves recently they traded for connor sheary i don't know if you know that name but he used to play for the penguins during one of their stanley cups kind of grew up through that through that system became you know a, a name when they won that stanley cup traded to buffalo now he's back with the penguins from buffalo hmm. um so they add connor sheary they added um patrick marlowe patrick marlowe who's uh kind of not, not a journeyman but he's what 42 he's years old for sure he uh he's looking for a cup he's looking for a stanley cup so that adds some experience into a lineup that's you know already pretty experienced when you look at sid and malkin um and then they made one more move oh they picked up jason zucker from the minnesota wild who again the wild really haven't had a shot at it the past couple of years and i think zucker's been a hidden gem in that team, um, so they made three additions right there. The Flyers, their recent um, the recent trades, we traded a, a fifth, fifth no fourth round pick for a, a forward from the Anaheim Ducks, Derek Grant, and a fifth round pick to the Montreal Canadiens for Nate Thompson. Two forwards. They played last night. Their their debuts, the third and fourth line centers, respectively. Um, but not names to kind of break the bank, not names to kind of send you one way or the other. Um, other teams that kind of stick in the Metro here. Yeah. Let's stick in the Metro. Other teams are kind of like causing for alarm last the team that's on our tail right now, the Carolina hurricanes, your former team, Justin Williams, mm-hmm. former team, um, current team, current team now, actually, yeah, he's back. Um, they made some noise last year as the bunch of jerks, right? Uh, going to the conference finals. Um, they made some moves. They picked up Vincent Trocheck from the Florida Panthers uh, in exchange for a forward Eric Holla that we all, that I think some of us may know. Um, Trocheck didn't have that good of a year so far this year, um, but um, he is a household name defensively. They also sent a first round pick to the Rangers for Brady Shea. Um, it's spelled Skagey on the back of his jersey, but it's Shea, Brady Shea. Uh, a first round pick for a defenseman's. Hefty. So the Carolina Hurricanes are kind of all in on this, um, looking to make a push, and also acquiring Sammy Vatnin from the New Jersey Devils. Vatnin was a part of, wasn't he a part of the? Uh, how did he get there? Came from the Ducks. Yeah, but what was that trade? Who'd they send over there? Um, oh God, Henrik. Mm, Adam Henrik. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sammy Vatnin, uh, kind of an offensive defenseman. Um, so three picks there. Trocheck is the forward. Um, and two defensemen in Carolina, a team at our heels. Uh, the one weird thing is they didn't pick up a goalie. 
And I don't know if anybody saw this weekend um, that this guy, what was his name? David Ayers. David Ayers. Carolina had Carolina had an emergency backup goalie have to come into the game. Both of their uh, starting goaltenders went down. Um, one of them being a former flyer, Peter Morazic. So unlike other sports, uh, hockey has a way for civilians to get into the game. And that is every single night around the NHL, every game that's being played, there is one goalie called the E-Bug or the emergency backup goaltender who sits in the stands. And if one of the uh, one of the teams, either home or away, one of their goalies goes down, he then heads into the tunnel under the stadium, puts on his pads just in case the other backup goalie goes down. And we had it happen in Carolina where the first ever emergency backup goalie got a win against the Toronto Maple Leafs in hockey town, like in Toronto. That's dude. That's a statement and a half. And wasn't it the Hurricanes? What was it? Two years ago, last year, that did the same thing. They had a backup goalie, but he lost the game. It was the Blackhawks. It was the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. The guy. Yeah. Um, I can picture his his face. He was an accountant from Philly. Yeah. He was an accountant. He went to Temple. I'm pretty sure he played like men's hockey at, at Temple. Um, but yeah, this Ayers guy came in and he beat Toronto in Toronto. He was he's the Zamboni driver for the minor league hockey affiliate, the Toronto Marlies of of the Maple Leafs. And uh, a, a lifelong lifelong Leafs fan all his life came in and uh, got a W against his team. He let up two goals early. He looked shaky early. And then that was the second period. The third period, he came back and... Made a couple saves. Made a couple saves. I think, what, 8 out of 10, yeah, I think he eight was? 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 saves. And the team, like, rallied around him. It was awesome. Now he's on I Talk saw that. and everything. He was on, yeah, he was on Talk, yeah, he was on... Uh, Whatever the Tonight Show and and the the Hurricanes actually are selling his T-shirt online. Yeah. They made an Ayers T-shirt. The cool thing about it is they're not making the money for themselves. Some's going to him, but then he actually I don't know at some point had a uh, kidney, kidney transplant. transplant. So proceeds of the T-shirt sales, the the jersey sales with his number on the back, are going to um, a kidney foundation, kidney disease foundation. That's so. awesome, man. He had the walk of absolute fame back into that locker room. They were just waiting there with the pop bottles. It was so sick when they showered him. And then they like introduce himself, like, "Hey, I'm 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 Mike, by the way." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no idea who this guy is because he's not. He doesn't travel with the team, and he doesn't even practice with the team. Sometimes the emergency backup will like if the guys need extra work and the goalies are on the road, like they'll take shots because they're like okay enough to take NHL shots, mm-hmm. but. He would. He lives in Toronto. Like he was a part of the visiting gold. You know, he played for the visiting team. He has no idea who those guys are. And now he's a celebrity in Raleigh, Carolina. That's sick. Wait, real quick, can you just uh, explain to me the emergency goalie thing again? What do they have? A guy in every city? Who's- every city, every single night. There's probably a couple guys per city, but they'll have one person. They just invite him to the game. He brings his gear, leaves it in the locker room downstairs. He watches the game, and then if. One of the goaltenders on either team, right? Because there's a starter and a backup on both teams. If one of them goes down, he kind of prepares just in case the other goaltender of that same team goes down to enter the ice. Cold. Totally cold, dude. Totally cold. Like, stretches a little bit, and then he's on. Damn, that's pretty wild. So it, there's, they just kind of have, like, plants all over the all over the states and stuff. Like, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's somebody's job on the team, like, player personnel, to, like, reach out to, like, different men's leagues. Or I don't know how they scout these goalies. They get uh, they go to the games, but they also probably get, like, a little stipend, like, for, you know, taking Being the, on call. Being on call. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so it's happened, you know, twice in the past two years, or once this year and once last year. Dude, I... Uh, for that kind of role, I feel like it's an all about who you know. I, I really like. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. I mean, could you imagine 
any other sport this taking place? I no. think it's where I was saying, you know, it only happens in hockey, right? Like NBA has 11 players. You would never, you know, or whatever, 11 or 12 players. You would never see yourself. Think about a kicker. Like they would just put in the punter or they would just right. put in a guy who kicked in college. Right. I was listening again. I mentioned them spitting chicklets. They were, they had an interesting point. They were with their wives when that happened. They were watching at a restaurant and the wives were like, why don't they put in another player? That's a great question to ask because, like we just mentioned, basketball and and football. Like, if people went down, you'd probably just shift a position over. Right. But goalie's just so different. Yeah. Right. It's just a it's a different beast in its own. Like some of those guys wouldn't even know how to put the pads on. Yeah. Or skate. It's a different type of skating. The way they stand there, they wear different types of skates. They wouldn't even know. Uh, also, they would then run the risk of getting those players injured. Like the punter kicking field goals or the right guard playing left tackle doesn't really matter. Right. But somebody coming in that doesn't play goalie, I don't know. It's one of those also like grandfathered in rules. Like that's how it was back in the 20s and that's how it is now. Yeah, that which is sick. Deves, I, I don't want to change gears entirely here. I'm keeping it in hockey, but I did want to get to something that you and Jim said Early on in the pod, it might have been double or single digit podcast. Like that's how early it was when the NHL draft happened. How upset and pissed off and out on this Flyers team you guys were. But you also prefaced it with they all once they once I get out, they pull me right back in. And here we are right back in. Right. I'm pretty sure it was like the podcast after that. I like went on a rant. I was like, I have never been. It was almost like a Stephen A. Smith. What does yep. he say? Yep. Today has been a very bad day. Yeah. I'm yeah. in no mood. I was I was so pissed. And then the very next podcast I went off and I was like, I love this hockey team. Um, no, actually, I'd love to go back and listen to my rant there. But I'm pretty sure I just complained about just the complacency and like having and, and since then, you know, making coaching moves and, and, and player personnel moves and, and kind of breaking out of that same mold of, of you know, what we've had because what we've had has, hasn't been good. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right though. I did bash them that podcast. Yeah. Yo. And I think I have the episode. I believe it was the bi-coastal breakdown episode. Uh, what are we at here? Episode four. <laughs> it was March 26th, 2019 episode four. Now I don't have the exact clip yet, but give me two minutes and I will find it. All right. Well, you're trying to track that down. Jim and I got to run through a couple of trades here quickly just to get y'all up to date on your your NHL news, which maybe most of you don't have. Some other questionable ones or just interesting ones. Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. The, the Russian connection. That's uh, in DC. Some people don't like uh, Russians hanging out in DC too much, but uh Ilya Kovalchuk unites with Alex Ovechkin with Washington Capitals. Uh yeah, this Kuznetsov. Guy's Kuznetsov. Uh do they still have Orlov? No, I don't know. He retired. They got a couple other Russians on there. A couple team, other OVs. In D.C. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. There's some collusion Collusion. Uh, election 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, he's uh, he's with Ovechkin now. He's riding at nine goals and 13 assists. Um, it seemed like he rebounded quite well. Where was he on the Kings before? He was on the Kings to start Montreal. the season and then Montreal. It seemed like he was doing all right in Montreal. And now he goes to Ovechkin and the Capitals, which... Kind of scary. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he's going to play with the veterans line. But if he ever does, I mean, they do have that Olympic connection of playing with with Team Russia. Uh, I think he's kind of a, a has been. But I think he's he still sh- got a little Russian gas left in him. He shows some some sparks for sure. So it's something to keep an eye on. Also, talk about the Islanders. They made uh, some some pretty pretty big moves to 
maybe jeopardize their future in the, in the, the cap space. And that's another team that's on our tail, though. Um, that's another team that's on the Flyers' tail. Yes. Uh, so to see them chasing actively and making some risky you – know, not risky, I mean – they have reward potentially, but they traded for uh, Pago, uh, a forward from the Ottawa Senators. They sent uh, over a hefty bargain for for that forward. Conditional 2020 first rounder, uh, 2020 second round pick, and a conditional 2022 third round pick. So, three, and not only the picks, but they re-signed them to like a five-year, five or six-year deal for five like six-year deal for right around five, five or six net, million. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So they lock up Pago. Talk about jeopardizing, too. We talk about the Lightning a lot on this podcast since we live so close to them yep. down here in Tampa. They sent a ton away for, I don't know if they got the, I think they sent two first round picks. Um, they acquired um, Barclay Goudreau, which not as felt like Johnny Goudreau uh, from the, the San Jose Sharks for a first round pick. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard his name. I know the name, but I couldn't tell you if he even has a goal this year. I just, I just, Briefly, no. Remember, the so game. they thought he was worth a first round pick, and then, dude, they got, uh, they got, they uh, traded Danik Martell. Remember him? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, they traded him to the Florida Panthers. Oh, hold on, Justin found his uh, his por- the, the portion mark. Okay. Yeah, so, so I, I, you know, I, I hate to continue to interrupt you guys here in your hockey talk because I love to hear it. However, I was wrong. It is episode fourteen. It was the LBI podcast session, June 24th, 2019. Let me play the clip here for you real quick. It's just so typical for Philadelphia in a draft to trade up for somebody who could be potentially be a bust. And I just immediately look over to the Philadelphia Flyers when I think draft this year. And I am, you know, not surprised, but I'm just at this point pissed. You want to bring this one up, don't you? I, you saw, you yeah. saw my tweet earlier? Uh-huh. Dude. I am beyond fired up about the Philadelphia Flyers. Tell me. I'm beyond fired up. So we, last night we were at the uh, – on Friday night we were at the Adam Sandler um, show and obviously missed the first round of the draft. And I'm getting updates, getting texts, tweets about the Flyers draft. From Bryce and Jim. From, yeah, from the yeah, boys, of course. Boys. So the Flyers trade back. They, they were the 11th overall pick. They trade back for the 14th. Um, in exchange, they got uh, they picked up a second rounder, which they lost in one of their earlier trades this year. So great, they got their second round pick back. They traded back three spots. I mean, there's not much going on anyway. Post, you know, pick number ten in the NHL draft for, mm-hmm. for most people, like picks one through five have a chance to play that year in the league. Mm-hmm. Past that, you're, you're you know, it's pretty much a crapshoot of just like toss up the better GM picking, you know, better scouting part picking the better guy it, for the most part, right? For the most part. So they trade back, they go to 14, and there's uh, a total, I wouldn't say stud, but his projections were crazy. Cole Caulfield, um, United States prospect, he had ties. They had one uh, infographic that they projected him as like a Leonel, sorry, Leonel Messi. Lionel. Lionel. I'm not a soccer guy either. (laughs) A Lionel Messi character, like elite scorer, like the Arguably the best soccer player of all time. So they, they had this kid as, like, elite right-wing scorer, going to be way up there. Their only concern was his size. He was one of the smaller players in the draft at 5'7". Flyers were pretty much a lock. Everybody's freaking out that this kid dropped so far to 14, which the Flyers also traded back and acquired more. They're like, what is... So you get the point. Obviously, listeners get the point. Deaver was furious that the Flyers had done I'd probably this. even go more off at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. And what we'll do, we'll have Nate, we'll have Nate put the real thing in here yeah, but yeah. uh dude i mean it's it's funny to to hear it and the next episode i'm sure we could find the clip too you're like dude uh, 
I love the Flyers. Like, I just, it, it's this kind of, dude, it's Philly sports, man. We do this all the time. But today is really what set me off. Today is what set me over the edge. Um, Saturday, Saturday morning, right before the second round started, P.K. Subban was sent to the New Jersey Devils, uh, division rival of the Flyers, who just picked up Jack Hughes, the number one overall pick, um, for pretty much a bag of pucks, dude. Pretty much a bag of pucks. Two players in return and two picks. The players, I follow the NHL very closely. These players, I've never blipped my radar. I tell everybody, like, I can probably name three quarters of each NHL team. These guys have never made a blip on my radar. I have no clue who they are. And the, and the, and the Devils scored P.K. Subban for basically nothing. We haven't won a playoff series, and the, and the thing that's bothering me is that our, our division rivals are just constantly getting better. The Devils yes. and the Rangers, who were at the bottom of the barrel for the past couple of years, are immediately better. Mm-hmm. They're immediately better. The Rangers training for Jacob Truba from the Winnipeg Jets. They drafted that kid Kako from the fi- the Finnish um, the Finnish junior team, who mm-hmm. is disgusting with the second overall pick. And then the Devils, Jack Hughes, P.K. Subban. Uh, Taylor Hall, who they traded, they acquired for a bag of pucks a couple Hersher. years ago. Nico Heischer, which is the number yeah. one overall pick a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, these teams are instantly better. Like, they turn around within three or four years, and the Flyers are still treading water, treading water year after year to just make it to the playoffs, let alone win a playoff series, which they, which they can't. Cole Caulfield. Do you mind telling me anything about this guy? Because I haven't heard one name about it. You were so pissed off about Cole Caulfield. Well... Compared to other leagues, too, the NHL draft takes forever for them to kind of come to fruition. So Cole Caulfield, you know, the guy that we didn't pick, we won't see him for three or four years in the league, regardless if he was on the Flyers or not. But he had the high potential, and they went with an, another young defenseman, which— Cam York? Well, I mean, we're reaping the benefits of our young defenseman now in the league. That's kind of why I was, I was ticked off at the moment, because we're stacked with, honestly, one through six defensemen right now are fantastic. Um Got a couple, you know, I don't know. Sam. I don't really know what we <clears throat> have in the pipeline now for D. So true, true. All those guys that we had. True. You know, so that's really what they years, were drafting like, for. Name but, a defensive, like, like, we have Morgan Frost. But what? I mean, it's Sam Rand's injured right now. Like, I honestly can't uh, name yeah, a defense, defensive prospect. Dude, it's like, but the reason I got mad during the draft this year is, like, you can buy for $100,000, you know, a really flashy, nice sports car. Right, a really flashy night sports car, or for hundred thousand dollars, you can get like a Yukon Denali. Both fit. I don't know if this example works great. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not flashy. It's just not flashy. For let's let's go cheaper because a hundred thousand dollars, all cars are sick. For fifty thousand dollars, you can get a souped-up, awesome Camaro, Z, whatever, like, sport edition, blacked out, Batmobile, huge sunroof, whatever. Or you can get a really, really nice Chrysler Town & Country. And I think we got the Chrysler Town & Country. (laughs) Hey, man, gets the job done. Those seats spin around 90 degrees, create a real nice family atmosphere, a little table pops up, play cards. Yeah, yeah, kids in the back, (laughs) watch the DVD player. True, true. But you want to be in the you want to be in the sports car ripping down ninety five, getting a terrible accident and everyone dies. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, I'd rather be in the town and country. Safer, much safer, more more eco friendly, more family and team oriented. Safer, give me, give me the town and country. Probably better on gas. Probably better on gas too. While we're at it. 
I'm not well, I'm not pedal to the metal in a, in a town and country, but I'm pedal to the metal in a sports car where I'm burning all the gas. <laughs> I find your comparison insulting. <laughs> this reminds me of this reminds me of, and then and then we'll develop a taste for a lion. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 develop legs. We'll make a breathing apparatus, apparatus out of kelp. <laughs> I'm a former beachhead, and we will we will stalk you. We will hunt, we will you. hunt you down. Don't f- with my town and country. <laughs> all right, let's talk about it. We're rattling off some trades. Any other good trades? I mean, we can say all of them, but no, uh, I mean, was there another hot one or two? I feel like we're missing a fat one. Wayne Simmons is in Buffalo now, traded from the uh, Jersey Devils. Good old Wayne train making it up to Buffalo. Hope he's doing all right. Oh, uh, another one worth noting. Um, Andre Anthony mm-hmm. the Greek freak from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Speedster, Bush. Absolute speedster. Lanky guy. 30-goal scorer last season. Detroit wow. Stinks traded up to Edmonton. Need for speed just got a little quicker. Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, and now Andre Anthony I don't know if he's going to play on the same line, but this guy, like, literally, like, this is a 4-4 type player in the NFL. Like, wow. He's fast. I mean, he's not a, he's not McDavid, but, like, he's that type of player where he's lanky, skilled with the puck enough, and, uh, and can move. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play on the same line, but he is uh, a barn burner. Love that, boys. Dude, this is a hell of a hockey pod. And, you know, I'm glad we didn't really talk about other sports because, well, one, in our area, the Flyers are doing good. It's a good Philly sports team. We obviously want to touch on that. Two, your Tampa Bay Lightning down there are very good as well. They're also your Flyers, but I'm saying your Tampa Lightning. You know what I mean? Um, they're, they're, they're doing good down there, too. So that's going to be sick potential playoff matchup that, that that could happen. I mean, if something, you know, they're both it's in the shoot. East. So. It's crap shoot. It's crap shoot, right? So. Um, dude, I love the hockey talk and, uh, you know, no SIDS, no beer review, um, no other sports talk boys. I mean, this was a solid NHL talk for sure. Might as well keep the hockey talk going, right? Let's, uh, let's, let's get Nader involved to the champion. The champ is here. Champ is here. Champ is here. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, listeners enjoy this interview with DJ Terminator. He probably doesn't like that. He probably doesn't like that. That's off brand. Yeah, that's off-brand. However, it's a sick name. We now like to welcome on former Ryder Bronco, current FPP producer, everybody's favorite DJ, the DJ, and now Barstool Pond Hockey Tournament champion, DJ Nader. Fellas, how's it going? Um, Yes, uh, for those of you who don't know, I just spent this past weekend in New Hampshire uh, playing alongside with my Ryder Bronc teammates, and you're looking at a C-Division Barstool Sports Pond Hockey Champion right here. So, uh, yeah, I had a hell of a weekend. I'm excited to get into it with you guys. (laughs) Seems like you already already are. Oh, yeah. Heavy, right right off the jump there. Right off the jump. Uh, So, yeah, this past weekend, Barstool Sports hosted a tournament in New Hampshire. I'm going to butcher the name of the lake we played on, but Lake Winnipesaukee is how I think. Lake Winnipesaukee. Lake Winnipesaukee. You know, alongside uh, Michael Katz, John Martino, Nick Leelam. Former former guest, John Martino. Former 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 guest, guest, John Martino. Um, Also, Jake Lucas, Matt Kramsky, Larry Walker, and Mike Kennedy. Uh, Those names are cup forever. Uh, All teammates I played with at Ryder. Um, We had this planned out for weeks. 
um, yeah, it was a it was a great weekend, a, a weekend I'll never forget. So take us take us day by day, dude. I saw the the Snapchats of you on your way up. Uh, you loaded up. How many cars did you guys take up there? I looked at your pack like sardines, man. Hockey sticks. So we were packed. We were absolutely bags. packed like clowns in a clown car. Um, basically, it was we took two cars up. Cats uh, took his Jeep, and Martino took his SUV up, and we left on Friday morning. And there was a point Friday morning where we we're packing up the car and we said we may have to leave some things behind and we're struggling to fit everything in here. Um, we had nowhere to put the sticks. We actually put the sticks in between the seats and the doors. So when we were getting out of the car, we had to step over it's the a sticks. fire hazard. It's a fire um, hazard. It was yeah. definitely, um, we were, we were packed in tight, but, uh, we took the drive about six and a half hours up to New Hampshire. Uh, honestly, wasn't that bad of a drive. And I'm telling you, it is beautiful up there. Did you have to eat anyone? Did you guys run out of food? <laughs> no, we didn't. We actually we stocked up and went to the grocery store when we first got there. Um, we knew we wanted a nice meal after the victory, so nice. we had uh, we had we had chicken, steak, pasta. Were you on the grill? Were you on the salad. grill? I was not grilling. Uh, Leelam and Larry were the grill masters for the weekend. Um, I don't do much cooking myself. I'm more of a takeout guy. You also stopped <laughs> at the uh, at the at the Medicine Man's grocery store. We did stop at the Medicine Man grocery store. It is very strange going to a dispensary where it is uh, recreational. Uh, I will tell you that you you just feel like you shouldn't be in there. Um, but you're and, totally allowed to, and you're totally allowed to be in there. It's it's just a matter of time before those stores start popping up everywhere. But yeah, we had to stop at the Medicine Man. Um, we actually stopped on the way there and on the way back. But <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did. Not per, my cool. de- not per my decision. But of course, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're backseat. You're actually driving at that point. So how was the house, dude? It looked like you had a, a, a little McMansion there on the lake. Yeah, so the house was nice. Uh, we rented an Airbnb for the weekend. Um, it slept seven. Uh, so we had to double up on the pullout bed. Uh, it was beautiful. Honestly, the place we were staying at was about 15 minutes from where the tournament was being taken place. Um, honestly, not a lot of stuff up there. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. Like we're just walking around, going to the grocery store and getting gas and whatnot. Sounds and like, like a hell of a time, dude. And yeah, <laughs> we're just looking at the cashiers and stuff. I'm like, what do you guys like do up here? Just like a lot of a lot of snowmobiling, a lot of uh, ice fishing, I guess. But so let's get into the meat and potatoes, dude. Friday, the Friday night before, you guys have a pre-party with the Barstool folks. I saw yeah. uh, Eric Nardini showed up, the CEO of Barstool. Uh, Paul Bissonette, uh, for a lot of our guys also listen to Spit and Chicklets, Barstool's hockey podcast, which was this was kind of fronted by. Nate's got the hat on right there. Uh, Grinelli, their producer, was there. A bunch of other kind of personalities. How was the How was the party? Uh, the Ton- party was tons a- of pink Whitney flowing. Tons of pink Whitney flowing. Um, so we got there to the pre-party on Friday night, and you got your wristbands for the weekend. We got our jerseys, and pretty much all beautiful the drinks. Beautiful threads, were, by the way. Beautiful threads. I mean, I'm looking at no the jersey ads. right here. No free, no free ads, ads but a hockey fan. Uh, men's these, league um, sweaters. Some beautiful stuff. Oh, yeah. I followed them on Instagram even before your jersey there. Men's league sweaters put some awesome stuff to you. If you guys have a men's league hockey team, yeah, reach men's out league- to those guys. Men's League sweaters actually had their own jerseys because they were playing in the tournament as well. Um, but yeah, shout outs to Men's League sweaters. Uh, back to the party though. Pink Whitney was free. Um, we were drinking Fizz Nasties all weekend, which is Bud Light, Seltzer, Strawberry, and Pink Whitney. Um, no way, it is dude. dangerous. It is a it is so smooth. The Fizz Nasty. 
uh, I highly suggest doing it. I didn't pay for drinks all weekend. Um, you guys were sauced. We'll have to throw up some pictures on the Instagram, but we got to the uh, the party on Friday, and there's just what do you want at the bar? I'm like, oh, I'll take Pink Whitney with the Fizz Nasty or whatever it was. They give it to you for free. I'd give them a few bucks. You know, the bartenders are working. Of course. Um, on Saturday during the tournament when we're in the locker room kind of with all the other teams, there's just bottles of Pink Whitney and seltzers just for grabs. Um, we ended up taking like three bottles back with us. Um, it was an awesome time. All right, so let's talk about game day. Saturday, you guys wake up. What Start early. Really? Everybody here was going through our normal like day to day Saturday life. You guys were just lighting up the group chat with one and out, two and out, three and out, four and out, and then all of a sudden in the end you were champions. How did they start? Early start? How cold so, was it? Were the teams it any good? Was, was the okay, hair looking so, nice? Oh, the hair was looking great. I've been using head and shoulders, so the flow is looking absolutely silky. Welcome to the team, ma'am. Welcome to the oh, team. Yeah. But um, we had to first get there around seven thirty. I think is when it was. And we had to sing the national anthem as a team together at 7:45. Um, I'll get into that a little later after I go through my agenda. But um, basically, we played our first game was at 8:40, and we would play for about 35 minutes, and then we would have about an hour break until our next game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was lighting up the FPP Instagram. I actually put it on our Instagram under a featured story, so you can go back and kind of relive okay. the weekend with me. Smart uh, man. But yeah, well, so to first... preface to, to preface the, the national anthem conversation, we get a text on what Thursday night maybe that Barstool reached out to everybody playing in this in this Bondi tournament. Does anybody want to sing the national anthem on Saturday? We're looking for, you know, potential singers. And so, is it Chino? Did Chino reply immediately? So Chino Martino, John Martino, uh, previous podcast guest, was kinda in charge of the whole weekend. He he put the team together. Um, he got the Airbnb in terms of getting into the actual tournament with the registration, which was actually quite hard. It kind of, as soon as registration opened, the website crashed for a minute. That's what um, I wanted to know, how you guys got so lucky to so get into we, that tournament. We can get to that later, though. Yeah, we snuck in. But um, so around Thursday night, I send a text to the FPP group chat, and I just say, hey, boys, there's a chance I might be singing the national anthem on Saturday morning to kick off the tournament. And they're like, what are you talking about? So I'll go through the messages that go on here, and we'll also throw up a little video so you can read along here. But in their message to the teams, it says in caps, we are looking for somebody playing to sing the national anthem at opening ceremonies. If you are interested, please email us back. And I think Martino looked at it for five minutes, and he said, hell yeah, we're doing this as a team together. So he said, hey, our team, the Dirty Ass Girls, would love to sing the national anthem together if you guys are still looking. Please let us know. The boys have some absolute pipes. <laughs> this girl gets back to us almost instantly and says, What's up, John? Are you serious? Do you guys want to sing? What's your phone number? Martino immediately gets back. Hey, Jen, we are so serious. Give me a call. List his number. And in the matter of five minutes, we're on a phone call with a lady who works for Barstool. Um, she was just giving us like the rundown. Like, are you guys actually like going to take it serious um they said they did a golf tournament before where they had like the players sing it and it just came off as disrespectful and we we were not about that we were we're doing this we're going to be respectful yeah. and you know it's you know it'll be something we'll never forget 
And you guys crushed it. I saw, not only did we see the video, and we'll put up the video of you seeing it at the tournament itself, but the amount of Snapchats I got beforehand from you, not only you, but the entire crew practicing, making sure so, you get the lyrics yeah. right. I mean, how do people get the lyrics wrong when they do it at like, an actual National League hockey game or an MLB game? Like, how be, do you get it wrong? Because you dude, guys, there's, dude, there's practice. some, there's some ors and there's some fours and there's some. I said you won late. I said you won late. It was like Friday night. I got a Snapchat and I, you slipped on the um, uh, or the ramparts. But you, you said for no. the ramparts, and I'm like, no, dude, no, it's for it's, the ramparts. I messed up and I did it in the video too. I said for the land. Of oh. the free, mm-hmm. and I didn't say or. Um, yeah, or. I think I might have been the only one that said it, but yeah, Bush, I know, dude. I was so nervous. No, no, no. That's why. That's why I just wanted to correct you. It wasn't like a dig. It was like Nate. I know you're trying your best. Make sure. Yeah. You're- no, so, no digs here. No, no digs here. But I mean, you have probably heard that national anthem, honestly, honestly, two thousand times. Probably more oh, than yeah. any of us because that kid's been pl- like you played, stood there on the blue line or on the bench. Right. Oh yeah. Dude, how do you not know the fours and oars? You listen to Lauren Hart <laughs> say it a million times. And I, I was at the Flyers game last night, and Lauren Hart sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so she's she the number one, um, number one anthemist in the NHL. Yes, Our very is. own Lauren Hart. We love you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so like so God. So we're stuck in the car together for six and a half hours on the way up, and it's like the perfect opportunity to you know we're in two separate cars. Test out the pipes. Let's just let's just go get together and do it. And some of the guys that were on the team, like Martino, is like 100% for it, and they're like, "Hell yeah, like we're doing this." And there's some other guys like, "I'm I'm not singing the anthem," and I'm like, "No, guys, we're we're doing this, and it's gonna be awesome." So, um, the Barstool Sports uh, Pond Hockey Recap video should be coming out sometime this week. Uh, you'll definitely see me on there a lot. Um, Dirty ass girls got a lot of FaceTime um, from the week. Humble brag. Humble brag. Hey. Hey, let's get to the hockey, man. How was the hockey? You you swept the entire tournament. Were you guys that much better than everybody? Some of the games are close. They were like ten and seven, ten to seven. So uh, yes, three on three. Give me some of the rules. It was a small net you guys had to put it into. Obviously, for the folks at home, don't really know. You know, pond hockey doesn't usually have goalies. Yeah, so I'll give you a little rundown. Um, basically, this pond hockey tournament was a four on four format. Um, there were two halves, which were fifteen minutes each on a running clock. Um, so there would be like a big horn that would signal the play. Um, and then when the horn obviously signaled for halftime to take a break, um, we all got a little rest. Uh, honestly, our first game was probably our best game all day. Um, it's funny. We actually played guys that grew up around here. Um, we traveled six and a half hours to play guys that we grew up 20, 30 minutes from. Um, and that, and that was our best game because the ice at that time was pristine. It actually felt, it actually felt like I was playing hockey. Um, as we continue throughout the day, you know, game two, there's some cracks, you know, we're getting into game three, there's some cracks by game four and five. It did not feel like I was even playing hockey anymore. I was, we were chipping and chasing and trying not to fall on this ice. Yeah. Break Um, your ankle. It was, you couldn't skate. You, you really couldn't take any strides. Um, if I, like, I'm trying to compare it to something. People, but... pe- people talk about, like, if you, if you watch the outdoor games, if anybody watches any of the NHL outdoor games, Stadium Series, Winter Classic, they always talk about the ice quality. And they say that, you know, if it's, if it's sunny out, if the temperature is obviously a, a certain, you know, a certain degree, the ice starts to act poorly. We'll picture, you know, hundreds of players playing on that very same ice 
hour after hour after hour with those exactly. poor conditions. At the end of it, dude, you sent a Snapchat. It looked like a glacier out there. Like, it was not a hockey rink at all. Yeah. So, like, yeah, honestly, was- I, like, my ankles hurt looking at it. Like, I could easily see somebody catching a groove and going down hard. Like, that's not fun hockey. That yeah. had to happen. Towards, toward, like I said, towards the last two games, the ice was so bad. And, you know, we kind of had to have a strategy. So we, we did two forwards in the front, two D in the back, and we were just flipping it into the zone and ho- hoping to catch some lucky bounces. Um, thank God it ended up working out our way. Um, dirty ass girls went 5-0 and on the weekend, didn't even see a loss. Um, did you play the Barstool team? So I'll give you a little behind the scenes on this. The Barstool team, we played uh, the CEO, Erica Nardelli, right? Nardini. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, we played her team. She was in the C division. Okay. Um, the, the Barstool team was in the B division. Okay. Um, so it's funny. Right before our championship game, the Barstool team played the pink team from the B division. Okay. That's what I saw online thinking it was you guys. So they, so there was uh, four divisions, A, B, C, D. So there was four teams with pink jerseys, basically. Um, so after the Barstool sports team, B division played the pink team, B division, um, pink team won. We have this guy come up to us before our championship game for an interview. And we're like, Oh, they're like interviewing us about the championship game. Gets on the camera. They're like, oh, we're just going to ask you some questions. He's got this thing propped up. And he was like, so tell me how uh, that victory happened uh, against Barstool team uh, you guys just had like 30 minutes ago. And we were all just like so drunk and exhausted at that point. We were just like, yeah, you know, the boys were really, you know, chip chasing, getting pucks deep here. You know, just just, you know, really working hard. Asked him a few more questions. We finish him off and the guy finishes and we look at him. We're like. Hey man, like I, we just want to let you know, like we didn't play barstool at all. <laughs> like we, we were just like BSing you there. And he was like, "Wait, really? Like you guys weren't the team that played?" And we we're like, "No." And he was like, "All right, well, I might just keep this in there anyway, so <laughs> that you actually might see us claiming we beat Barstool's B team in the pond hockey no. tournament in the recap video." Um, if, if you should have told him, you should have told him at all. You should have just let it actually if, be in there. If the guy decides to keep it in there, but Nate, a couple questions about the uh, C division here. One, I heard Biz. Uh, this isn't a question; this is a comment. I heard Biz uh, shatting on you guys a little bit there for being in the C division, saying you couldn't pick up the cup. And uh, the other thing, why C? You guys were five and zero, and C. You probably could have made some noise in B. So when we're looking at the different divisions on what you play, like it said. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it said like A division if you played professional hockey before. Yeah, I saw it too, Nate. It was like A was like A was like somewhat professional hockey, either like yeah. D one collegiate or like international pro, like some like decent ass competition, like not NHL or yeah. AHL, but like and you I, played like in you know in a minor league hockey. And program. then it was, and then it said like B was if you played like juniors, juniors or yeah. like some, or you started on your college team or something like that. And then B was like. Yeah. You played high school hockey, and then C was just like you're a duster, or D was like you're a duster. Um, so I think we initially tried to get into the B division, and it ended up being full. So we we went to the C and we got in through there. Um, I'm curious how we would have done in the B division. Um, honestly, the competition it was still pretty good. Those those guys we played first game that grew up around here, they all played college ice hockey and traveled A double A like all that. So. Um, yeah, the team that won the uh, the A division was that University of New Hampshire's team. Yeah, um, that's dope. 
That's pretty sick. Which which we actually passed their college on the way there. Is it UNH? Is what it is? UNH. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We we passed hometown their, favorites. Yeah, I guess so. And to to preface, yeah, uh, Biz was giving us a little bit of a hard time for winning the C division. Um, I think he said he was like, "Oh, you guys were the ones that sang the national anthem, right? Like, good for you guys." Uh, we won't let you pick the trophy up because you're you're in the C division. Um, it's like we won't let you pick it up, but you can lick it if you want. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> dude, I I loved it. This it was so funny the way you juxtaposed. You did Biz saying, "Yeah, you guys can't pick it up. You can like lick it or something." And the next picture was you with the trophy over your head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so great. It's so great. So yeah, the there was one trophy for the whole tournament. Um, we will either one get the dirty ass girls team name on the trophy or two, uh, all of our individual names on the trophy. Um, still, still not sure, uh, when or what that will be, but we'll have to keep you guys posted. I was listening to the podcast today, man. They're going to have more, uh, more tournaments coming out here next, next year. You guys got to defend your title no matter where it's going to be. It might, dude, it might be out in like soda or something. The hockey state. Minnesota. Minnesota, Yeah. Yeah. Another North. They have another one. They have another one coming up. I guess they have a U.S. and a, in a Canadian version. So the Canadian tournament is going to be next week at some point or in the next couple of weeks. Uh, this weekend, I think, coming this up. This weekend? Okay. Yeah, it's um, in Toronto. But, dude, you're going to have to defend your title for the second uh, the second yeah. annual yeah. Barcelona Panhockey tournament. And there's a chance we may be singing the national anthem for the, you know. True. Back dude, they back. might fly mm-hmm. up to the Canadian one. They might call you on Friday and get they... you up on a PJ to the Canadian one. Oh, no, that's a different anthem. You have to sing a different anthem. Oh, that's, that's even – that's – a struggle well nader th- thanks for coming on man huge congrats to you the dirty ass girls all the guys from the rider bronx team and uh and you fpv producer for uh the big dub at the barstool pond hockey tournament um thanks for thanks for joining us i know you're a periodic guest here but you're an official guest on this episode this will be yeah. the Nader episode yeah thank you for uh having me on to uh let me speak about my weekend and my experience um keep a lookout on the instagram for us to tweet out the recap video uh produced by barstool and uh yeah boys good talking to you hey you know before you you go i want to take a second dude and and just thank you and just thank you because little do people know nate's the guy kind of behind you know jim cuts it every once in a while but nate's the guy behind the podcast once bush and i come off camera uh we send the files to nate and nate's the one that gets it up on on spotify apple music and soundcloud so appreciate what you do man behind the scenes work and and now you're in front of of the scenes so yeah absolutely uh thank you so much for that. that so people so people would know for sure yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's all for the boys. You know, I do it because you know I, I love what we have going here, and you know I'm looking forward to the future and what we're building. So, and you're nasty on the sticks, and I'm nasty on the sticks. Nasty. <laughs> See you, Nate. Later, boys. Later, brother. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Episode thirty in the books. Bush. Hit another milestone, another another ten digit. Let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Hockey podcast was awesome. Thank you for listening. I don't know if you guys are hockey fans. If you're not, start watching. The season's going to be getting hot here come March, April, and the playoffs in May. Thirty weeks of episodes. Thirty weeks of episodes. Three zero. Name a famous three zero. Marty Burdor. True. I have a picture with him. Sure, you do. Ilya Brzgalov. Yeah, I have a picture with him. Space man. Brzgalov? Humongous big. Humongous big. FPP is humongous big. I don't know. Right now, I'm very into the universe, you know, like how it was created, you know, like what is it, you know, the solar system is so humongous big, right? But 
If you see the like our solar system and our galaxy and like on the side, you know, like it was so small, you can't even see it. Our galaxy is like huge, but if you see the big picture, our galaxy like small, tiny, like dot in the universe, like, and you think like, and we have some problems here on the Earth. We worry about compared to like nothing. Just be happy. Don't worry, be happy right now. <laughs> Nader, play the song. Cue the music. <laughs>